1: The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan,
2: and Jamie Eisner.
3: Welcome to episode 217 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan and
1: Natty Hattie. And Jamie Eisner. Happy to bleeping sign here with the Natty Hattie Podcast. <laughs> I'm Luke Lipinski. Where do we start, guys? Training
0: camp begins for the Arizona Coyotes in two days. Two days two days two days and so some of the rfas are finally signing a couple a couple not all of them by no any not not by any stretch no sense
3: of urgency in toronto or winnipeg apparently but zach wierenski signs with uh, columbus so john tortorelli doesn't have to be disgusted by him as he said he
0: would be last week if he didn't show up to camp it's a very paul harvey delivery of you zach wierenski signs a three-year deal never listened to paul harvey. Okay yeah well, you know sorry Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I, I can just, speed it up if you want. It's just another one of my references for our older audience. Mm, okay.
3: Um, since we're here, I should point out everybody should rate and review the show. I think this is the earliest I've ever remembered to do it less than a minute in. Actually, maybe I hesitate. See how the show goes before you decide no, to do
1: it. No, get no, no. Don't review. actually blindly
0: give us five stars now. Stop right now.
3: Rate and review. Pause and the show. Then start the show back over.
0: It's like the awesome rating on The Athletic. Just click it. Go just ahead. click awesome. Click that face. Awesome. Just don't even think. <laughs> click that My face. My wife says that to me. I just clicked awesome on your mediocre story. <laughs> 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 oh, she's oh. so supportive. Yep.
3: Uh, okay, so Wrenski signs with Columbus and Pavel zaka signs with
1: New Jersey. Interestingly enough, all of them signing and leaving one RFA year on the table at the end of their deal.
3: Yeah, that is kind of.
1: I'm a little surprised by that. It's a little different than than what I would have
3: anticipated. Um, are we at a point where this is going to start hitting the bigger dominoes? I mean, Wierenski is a bigger domino, but he's a defenseman, so it doesn't really set the market for Marner or Line a or Rontanen or Kachuk or Besser or any of these guys that are out there.
0: Only Provorov and McAvoy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so I would assume those guys get signed pretty quick now, right? Mm,
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, looking- this is, it's all new. This is all new. We've talked about this for the last five weeks. The market's all new, things are shifting. It's hard to say what's going to happen.
1: I'm interested to see what the sense of urgency is because if you're a team like Toronto or Tampa, yes, there's some urgency in the fact that you're a cup contender and that you're in a strong division and the Bruins don't really have anybody aside from Charlie McAvoy that they're looking at that, at that spot, but you also don't want to fall behind and have a worse playoff position. We've talked to this before. The difference between winning that division and finishing number two may very well be the difference between getting to the cup or not because you only have to play one premier team instead of two premier teams. yeah. But if you're Tampa, you can play 20 games without Braden Point, and it's really not going to affect your cup chances that much. So do we see teams like that have the sense of urgency, or do they say, you know what, we're a good enough team that we can wait. We're not giving up our leverage. I'm interested to see that, because I could see an argument either way here.
0: Sure, and and if a team gets off to a hot start... You have all the more leverage because the player knows come December I got a signer, I'm not playing all season long. Yeah. So it, it it sort of shifts there. On on the flip side, if a team struggles out of the gate and suddenly you realize we really miss this guy well. And the shoes on the other foot. It's oh,
3: wow, look at that. The old switcheroo. It's the only great point Jamie's ever really made because <laughs> if you look at this division, <laughs> I mean, normally it would just be like, yeah, Braden Point, you can sit out for a while. That's fine. If anything, that just is 20 less games where you might get hurt and we'll have you for the playoffs. But in this specific division, which we're going to preview today, by the way, it's it's a big deal to get first place. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, you want to play a wild card team in the first round or do you want to play Toronto in the first round or Tampa in the first I mean, one of those two is going to play maybe each other if Boston goes off or Boston probably in the first round.
1: And actually I, I didn't even realize Brandon Carlos also on that list for Boston. Yeah. So you have got five guys at the top of that division. McAvoy, Carlo, Point, Marner, um, you know, you've got or it's the four guys whatever that have numbers ma- are hard. Those are major uh, and I'm I don't do math goodly. I'm I'm a words guy. No. Uh but those are four major players for three cup contenders that are all going to be fighting and one of those teams is going to have to play on the road to start the postseason. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Or within the team like Winnipeg, where they need every freaking point they could possibly get because that team has a chance of bottoming out and they have two awesome
0: players that yeah. are goal scorers that are just sitting there right now. And they lost their blue line. I mean, yes. they, they, their blue line was decimated and now you've got these two players sitting on the shelf. Yeah, this could be really damaging for the Jets. Here's a question for you. And I, I mean, I, I know what the knee jerk reaction is. Patrick
3: Line is going to get more money than Kyle Connor, correct? Yeah. Which which one's more valuable to the Jets? I mean, Connor had more goals, more assists, more points, obviously, and does more defensively than Line last year. What does Line do? He shoots. He scores. That's it. If he's Mm -hmm. not shooting and scoring on a team, plus minus is so antiquated, but when you're minus 24
0: on a a really good team, that says something. Look, putting the puck in the net is extremely valuable in this league, but yeah, he's, he, I think he's a one-dimensional player, and a lot of NHL players agree. If you saw the poll last season of most overrated players, Patrick Laine was on that list.
3: Yeah, I mean, 30 goals last year, which is fine if you do other things. And it, it, it's fine even if that's all you do, but it doesn't... You're not elite if you're only a goal scorer and I'm you sure score he has thirty all goals. Sure, ice interests. You think he does? Probably. Well, okay. I guess we should have delved deeper before I started making <laughs> points. Then, but I think in general, if you're only scoring thirty goals and that's all you do on the ice, that's uh, what thirty goals last year was good for about fortieth in the
1: NHL. Yeah, it's not what it used to be. No, it's still good, but not for what you expect from Patrick Lyon. He needs to be forty plus goals or else he's not provide. He starts to that's diminishing returns. He doesn't do anything else. And Kyle Connor had thirty four goals. So I mean
3: but he does other stuff.
0: I like Kyle Connor a lot.
3: He was one of those players, and I don't remember exactly what draft it was, but you just you read up on all the stuff and you watch some of the video going into the draft and you're like, How did Winnipeg just get Kyle Connor where they got him? <laughs> you know? It not maybe you don't know he's gonna be this good, but if you, you had he was to supposed guess to be
1: good. what draft, Luke? Of all the drafts, guess which draft it was?
3: Twenty fifteen? Yes it was. No. <laughs> What's our over under for Hall of Famers from that draft? Four and a half? I I forgot what it was. We have to go look. I will firmly take the over on four and a half Hall of Famers from that draft. I think I could push it up to maybe, well, I don't know. You start going six from one draft, that's a lot. But there's a lot of guys. Rotten and and McDavid, I think for sure, will be Hall of Famers. Is
0: that the best draft since 2003? Yes. Yeah, I don't think it's close. So which is worse Mike Barnett trading entirely out of the first two rounds of the Bad. 2003 draft, or the Coyotes somehow not managing to get a star out of the 2015 draft. I, I think the— With two picks. At, and traded for a third. Yeah. yeah. Mike I, Merkley.
3: I still think it's the not having any picks sure. in the 2003 yeah, draft. No, yeah, no, it was
1: cross. Also, imagine being the Bruins and having three straight picks, and then the two picks after you are Matthew Barzal— or the three picks after you were Matthew Barzal, Kyle Connor, and Thomas Shabbat.
0: Oops.
3: Yeah. But they did get Jake Debrusque in one of those three picks. So, again, just some names from that draft Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, Mitch Marner, Provorov, Warensky, Hanafin, Rontanen, Timu Meyer, Zaka, Debrusque, Barzal. Isn't Besser in this draft too? Besser's 23rd overall. Connor, Shabbat. Yeah. Are you, are you heading into the second round now? <laughs> Connect me. No, I'm still in the top 24 <laughs> right now. <laughs> and I'm going to stop there because it's depressing. I, I do, though, to answer. Sebastian Ajo was in round. the second round. Brandon mm-hmm. Carlo
1: in the second mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm.
3: But to answer your original question, I still think it's not having any picks in the 2003 draft because that was a really good draft. And you just didn't even, you weren't even relevant in it. You weren't even present for it. Did they even show up to that draft? Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on to...
0: Pavel Zaka? Yeah. Go ahead, James. Ray Sherrod. Guess the threat worked. <laughs> sounded like it. Guess yeah. it bleeping worked. Look, the two
3: the two players that have signed. One said his coach. One's coach said he'd be disgusted with them. And Ray Shiro said a bunch of stuff I can't say on this podcast. I don't
0: give an expletive if he signs with a KHL or if he signs with expletive Brampton. I don't give an expletive where we hold his rights. And then the next day he was signed. <laughs> yeah, oh. two days later. <laughs>
3: yeah. Also interesting that Brampton and the KHL are the two extremes yeah. in Ray Shero's mind. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It makes sense. But...
1: Imagine if I had a choice between like, Russia, Brampton, and Newark.
3: Ooh. Yeah. I'd
0: probably mm. go Brampton. <laughs> I... Depends where you're in Russia.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Not necessarily for me. No? you go to Newark? The... You're big Brampton.
1: Oh. Big Brampton guy. for Russia? Yeah.
3: Uh, Alex Ovechkin is okay going to play he's going yeah that's (laughs) okay scared everybody
1: washington to me is like the forgotten team in the nhl right now forgotten they're just not worthy of being talked about yeah but i mean we 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 talked about them last week and they're just not they're just they're there
3: we barely even talked about them last week for as much as i say we don't talk about the penguins we almost never talk about washington because they're just they're gonna win the division yeah
1: they're gonna they're gonna win the division and then they're gonna lose in the conference final like we already know this maybe the second round they it could, it could. It's possible. That's Somebody usually where they lose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but they can't, face, they can't face the Penguins in the second round, so. Seems unlikely at this well, point. Well, I mean, I guess they could, theoretically, if they're really bad and they're in a wild card spot mm. or something weird. And the Penguins also miss the playoffs and uh, or make the playoffs. Yeah, it's not happening. Uh,
3: Jamie just made a confusing situation <laughs> so much more confusing than I ever thought. Yeah, I, I
1: should have stopped right when you said Penguins in the second round, and I should have been like, oh, yeah, no, never mind. I didn't. You did. I would <laughs> never say such
0: things. Can we talk about this Coyotes video? Yeah. And that their, one, that duck first looks of all, a they, lot. They have a service dog, which is really cool. It is really cool. But Luna, I like then, the name. Then, can can you uh, account for the whereabouts of all your ducks, Luke? Um, I don't see there are any no of your ducks. Did you need to by get by the my way. ducks in a row? Is that what you're saying?
3: Yes. We really do. We I, make that pun every week, aren't we? I, we
0: are now starting yeah. for the
3: entire season. Where are your ducks, Luke? I don't see any ducks. I left in the, the ducks way. at home today. Mm-hmm. Air-conditioned mm-hmm. environments.
0: Can, can we call someone to confirm this?
3: Uh, Did you leave
0: all the ducks at home you or are you missing Jackie. one?
3: No. Well, see that's the thing. I haven't I haven't checked in on them recently, and How that are they one, eating? That one at the end of the Coyotes video looks identical to the big one that I brought in last week. What do
0: we name that one? Do we name it Brandon Taft or
3: no, we hadn't named Something that one else. yet. The little yeah. the little uh, brother of that one is is Brandon. The little. Yeah, the little, one. The little mallard. That was a big mallard. It was um, a big mallard.
0: In flight. Yeah.
3: I'm not no, totally... No longer, of course. No, no. It's flightless. It's a flightless mallard, much like the Anaheim Ducks. Hmm. Um, I don't know why there was a duck in the end of that video, but it made me smile. Apparently, this is a trend that's... Catching on for some reason.
0: We, you we, smile in a cruel kind of way, knowing your duck was being abused by a uh, No, I have to. My duck is fine. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but, but
1: our our trend of setting the agenda for the NHL continues. It really brought I mean, ducks back to prominence. Maybe not in, the one in Anaheim.
3: Instead instead of uh, instead of talking about how there's going to be a lockout next year, we should start talking about how they're going to get that deal done. And there's not going to be a lockout next year because it really does seem like we set the tone for the league. It's one thing to say, hey, this guy might sign, and then he signs two minutes after the show. It's another thing to have a stuffed duck, and now an NHL team has a stuffed duck. Mm -hmm. Training camp.
0: I don't know where to go with that. You, Yeah, there's no
1: no easy transition there.
3: No, there's a a fantastic transition. Training camp is, like I said, Thursday for the Coyotes. The first preseason game in the NHL is this Sunday. Here we go. Coyotes Knights. Here we go. I believe that's the only game on Sunday across the league, but uh, it's here. Less than a week. And in case you don't remember this, every year training camp in the NHL before the first preseason game is like five hours, and then there's it's like, hey, training camp's opening, and we have a preseason game tonight. Yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: <laughs> it is weird how they do that. I, I agree. There, there should be like a at least a week of practice before yeah. they play games, shouldn't there? Yeah, a bit of a lead up. I feel like they could they could take away a couple games if that's the issue. Yeah, I don't really right? want to watch preseason games. I get nothing out of them. Oh yeah, I forgot. Except for you know, there's going to be some experimentation this year. I'll, I'll admit that. I mean, depend on the lineups, right? Yeah, you're not going to get all the guys that you want to see in the lineup, so there'll be. A glimpse of something that might be interesting like what they do on the power play but and who is this season's justin hodgman well i need to know the the
1: player yes. that has a good pre like two good preseason games in a row that has to make the roster no matter what
0: yeah. every team in every sport has that though these camp heroes that people get locked onto and think oh my god this kid's incredible yeah. they, the cardinals had that every year when i was covering them who did they have uh cap Cappy, Ooh. not cap, cap well, well yeah cap Cappy, who is the preseason hall of famer who was the yeah. receiver stephen williams who fit said there's a number one receiver right there. Might Steve, been.
1: They had they did. had a guy named something Bird too, not the one that's currently on the oh, roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Chad the long Lance, hair. Yeah, Chad Williams and, uh, for a while.
0: Uh, Lance. Who? Well, this good. We've we've completed so none or, of the names or, or names. everybody on Hard Knocks. Yeah. But that but that tells you that should say something right there. We can't even remember the names now. Yeah. And at the time, people thought they were going to be household names. It happens every once in a while. Victor Cruz was
1: like one of the only ones in recent memory. In I remember, But like, yeah. nobody knew who he was and then had an awesome preseason and actually became something.
3: Yeah. Um, who Are there any Coyotes you can remember in the last, let's say, 10 years that you didn't expect much from? They showed up at camp and all of a sudden made a career. Maybe Schlemko?
0: Well, I mean... Uh, it's not because if it was with a young guy they, that might have... There have f- been surprises you know. in camp that yeah. the guys that made the team that maybe pe- weren't on everyone's radar, like but, Toby but, Reader or yeah. Jordan Martinuk one year. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, that's that's what I'm looking for. A guy that, that not only made the team and surprised people, but also stuck around. Not made the team for three weeks and then was way in over his head. So anyway, training camp starts in just a couple of days. How's that? I like this new system where I recap everything after I already say it. How about you guys? No. Um, in Craig's notes, you just have the
0: words, mind-numbing tippet analysis. You want to explain? Well, he has this quote talking about, uh, you know, because he, he said that they will... Be committed to, to defending better and cutting down their goals against. And his quote was, there'll be nothing that takes away from creativity or letting players do their thing, but there's going to be an extra onus on playing well on our own end. And of course, the Tippett critics hear that and say, oh, he's going to play a boring style. They're not going to be able to score. He doesn't know how to coach offensive players. Should I keep going with this? You know all the cliches at this point. Uh, We've hit bingo.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you are an Edmonton fan, I understand that this language is something completely new to you and you've never heard about the concept of team defense, but you should be welcoming this because that's why you hired Dave Tippett as your coach. And I'm pretty sure Connor McDavid will still score goals, even if Tippett tells him he can't play with skates on. So I don't think you really (laughs) need to worry about... Yeah. The offense you're already getting.
1: I, I, I mean, so you wanted a new coach to come in and do exactly what they've been doing all you the years stifle their creativity. Connor McDavid won't be as creative. Maybe they'll win more.
3: Yeah, what create your creativity? Your creativity, right creativity right now, is
1: you're sitting at home in April. It's that's what your creativity is done.
3: You're acting like you are stifling the creativity of like a a Picasso, and it's just your two year old drawing on the wall with markers. That's what the Oilers are. They're a two year old drawing on the wall with markers. Can you get this team to the playoffs? Yeah. I think he can. He could. He will at the some The is tough. In the next two years, one of those two years, Edmonton will make the playoffs. Mm. The combination of him, Dreisaitl, and McDavid's enough. Hopefully not this year. That's all they have, though. But. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, I don't think they're adding anybody. Um, and they don't deserve it. Because they've had so much. The, the pushback when they hired him and people legitimately saying they'd rather have a guy like Craig McTavish. You, don't, you should lose your team for a year.
0: <laughs> Who was saying they should? hire craig mctavish people oh, on twitter right. yeah well a lot of
3: edmonton media too yeah
0: i mean that's the thing Old you should edmonton
3: media you would think you'd be getting paid to cover the sport you would watch the sport occasionally
0: you'd think watch the game is that you're in that crowd watch the game yeah
3: and okay. also i mean if you're watching edmonton maybe watch a second game of like other teams to sort of have a better baseline because your team's below it
1: <laughs> like a chaser
3: yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just watched <laughs> <Dead> <laughs> and I need to watch <laughs> the like, Tampa to,
1: to make things go down easier. <laughs> right, right. I just, uh... even
3: watch the team like in the other part of your province if you want, because at least Calgary is good. Uh, we want to start the Atlantic Division preview. No. Why not? Okay, we're going to begin with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the very real question: Does anything about the regular season matter? That's existential. I like it. Does
1: anything really matter? Like, I mean, yeah. Do we matter? Nothing.
3: I feel like the Penguins' two Stanley Cups in the last four years matter, but that's about it. Mm. No response, huh? Just <sighs> sadness. Shameless. Does anything
1: you're calling me shameless? <laughs> Here's the issue. like, it, No, it doesn't matter unless they miss the playoffs. They're
0: not missing the which playoffs. Which they're not.
1: So, no, because, look, it, they could they could win 70 games this year, and everyone's still going to make the same jokes the second the playoffs start. They could win 50 games. Yeah, you. Games you you're going to be right at the front of the line making those oh, jokes. Oh, me. Not like you wouldn't. I'll be right you, you, made, you. made it the whole theme of, like, the two shows ago. I'll because be they burned me twice. They, 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 could, they, could be, they could win 50 games and finish second in the division, and it's not going to matter. Like, that, that's the thing. We're not going to learn anything about this Tampa team unless they just completely go off the rails, which I don't expect to happen. We're not going to learn Anything about this team in the regular season. The only thing we're going to learn about this team is what they do come April. This is a lot like those Capitals teams from a couple years back before they won the Cup. There's nothing we're going to learn about them in the regular season because there are no obstacles they're overcoming until we get to the playoff time.
3: I agree. I do think the regular season matters, though, in the sense that we've already talked about. You don't want to be in second place in this division, if you can, second or third. You don't want to be in there because Like, Boston last year was tied for the second-best record in hockey. They had one less win than Calgary, so they technically had the third-best record in hockey. But you could make the argument that the two best teams in the regular season last year were in this division, and neither one of them were Toronto, who I think we all expect to be better this year, right? I mean, enough teams helped them out that they should be better this season. (laughs) Yes. Which is—it's really like making charitable donations to a billionaire. That's pretty much what Ottawa and Carolina did when they helped Toronto out. Um So I think it matters. I think if you're Tampa, especially because when you get into the playoffs now, the second you struggle at all in the playoffs, especially if it's in the first round, you're going to hear that much more negativity and pressure. But it's going to happen either way. Yeah, but if you're playing Toronto in the first round as opposed to playing
1: Philadelphia in the first round, that's... I mean, yes, it matters who they play, of course, but... This team go eighty one and one. It's not going to matter. People are going to make the jokes about them going into it. They're going to have just as much pressure yeah. in the first round. They'll have a much easier opponent, but that didn't seem to matter last year. It so, did.
3: But we said on the show though, Columbus was not. That's not the team you wanted to play when you had the best record all year. Columbus putting everything in one basket for the this past season. I mean, there's <laughs> there are easier number eight seeds they could have played. Sure. The, history of the game,
1: but do you expect there to be a much easier eight seed this year? Yes, they're going to be easier than Boston or Toronto. They're going to be easier than
3: Columbus was this past year. I do believe maybe, But they can't avoid the jokes heading into the playoffs. That's their own fault for getting swept in the first round this year. But they can avoid the extra pressure mounting when they're down 2-0 in their opening round series to Boston as opposed to they're playing Philadelphia or Carolina or whatever and they're probably not trailing.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, they they need to win the division, like every team in that division needs to win the division, but for their specific goals, it doesn't matter what they do in these next
3: 82 games. We agree, most important division in hockey to win.
0: A lot of good it did them last year.
3: <laughs> Craig, just cutting to the core
0: of my entire point and derailing it. No, I, I mean, we've made that point many times. Yeah, no. it's the toughest division, without a doubt, at least at the top um not so much at the bottom which we'll get to eventually oh yeah um, we
3: do have to talk about those teams don't yeah, we Yeah, we do
0: i didn't legally see obligated, obligated a little bit wow. uh patrick maroon
3: now that they have him pretty well locked into a stanley cup right
0: how does this guy do it how does he end up playing with some of the best centers in hockey how, he, how does it happen he's got to be he's either really smart or his agent's really smart for both yeah but, but why did the teams take him i
3: mean i guess because he scores but he scored a big goal in the playoffs last year hmm. <laughs> One that I One. remember, and that's yeah, about yeah. it. But, okay. I mean,
1: I mean, he's the quintessential example of if you play a player with uber talent around him, he will get exactly what you give him, nothing more. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess that's what he is. That's all you can ask for.
3: Do you think Milan Lucic sends him, like, parts of his cheque? from Edmonton because clearly on some level they were looking and saying look what Patrick Maroon did with Connor McDavid's. that must mean Lucic is going to do the same thing
1: well teams also haven't made the mistake of giving Patrick Maroon six year deals that's, that's true
3: uh, Kevin Shattenkirk they add him I, li- I like this move I just because there's no risk it's a worthy
0: risk is he a third pair guy I mean do you play him in that situation do you give him maybe some power play minutes I, yeah I, I don't see any risk here only upside You're, go ahead well
3: sorry. you just you gave up nothing to get him yeah including money. Yeah. He's. Uh, I'm trying to look up how old he's at. I want to say he's like 30, so it's not like his career's over. Yeah, he's 30. He'll be 31 in January. He's uh, coming off a, a bad stretch in New York, which to me seems like a classic. He probably shouldn't have switched teams in the first place. But with St. Louis, for quite a few years, he was a, a pretty solid point producer up in the 40s and pretty solid defender, really, too. And it's not. it's not like that was eight years ago. That was... Three years ago. It feels like it, though. It, it feels like it was a century ago. Well, it,
1: was, it was a low-risk signing. There's no reason why you can't try it out. Am I expecting a lot from him? No. But I don't know how much they're actually expecting. $1.75 That
3: yeah. tells you how much they're expecting from him. Yeah, if he had gone to a team... Like, if, if he had gone to Edmonton where they need him to be their number one defenseman... Eh, okay, I have some reservations. Although I do think that's a team that should have gone after him. But with Tampa, they... Just look at him and be like, look at the defense we already have. You, if you're terrible, we'll just
0: we'll wave by. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right, so is this team winning the Cup?
1: <sighs> it's a tough question.
0: been on wow. this train like the last two seasons. And, nice simultaneous I mean, sigh. It got close two seasons ago. The last year, not so much. I, I don't know anymore. I don't know what to think of this team. I don't get... I still don't understand what's wrong with this team. So...
3: Is there something wrong with them in the playoffs, or did they run into the wrong team at the wrong time and
0: just have a bad week? I mean, last year is... Yeah, one, one example probably isn't enough to say that there's something wrong with them in the playoffs because they've had relative playoff yeah. success in previous seasons. But yeah. to get swept off that season, it's it's hard to explain. It's difficult
1: because the core of this team has... A lot of those guys have a Stanley Cup run with on their resume. But the last six postseason games... Were such a disaster that it's yeah. hard to get them out of my mind because it's not just the sweep; it's the way that they completely quit in the final two games with a three-two lead in the in the Eastern Conference Final against Washington yeah. two years ago. So now you have this big sample size. And you start to wonder, even if there's something not wrong, do they think there's something wrong? Well, and, if and they that, do. Then and does that thought wrong? creep into your head again? Because even a three nothing lead in the first period of a game wasn't enough to get them through that last year in game one. That's
3: that's what's so crazy, and that, I think people forget that they were they started that series against Columbus the way everybody thought they were going to. I remember driving home that day and I was like, I i to watch the series because I do think Columbus can push them. And it was three nothing in the first period when I got home, and I was like, Wow, okay, I guess I was wrong. And then to have the lead, and I would assume they let up a little bit in that game, and then didn't know what to do. What's weird, okay, so here's the last five years for Tampa. Last year, they melted down and got swept by Columbus. The year before, up 3-2 in the conference finals, but they, like Jamie said, just disappeared because they thought it was a best of five. And that Game 7 was... Abysmal. And the thing is, Abysmal. that's one of their last six playoff games. Yeah. That's why. Because you go the year before that, they missed the playoffs. The year before that, they were one weird bounce on a Brian Rust goal away from going to the Stanley Cup against yeah. Pittsburgh, Game 7. And the year before that, they were in the Stanley Cup against Chicago. So three of the last five years, they've been in the conference finals or better. So it's hard to say they have a problem in the right. playoffs, but they might have just developed a problem in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I don't know how to read it. Again, if if Columbus had done something... Beyond that first round, I might have said, okay, they did really run into a hot team. But Columbus lost in six games in the next round. So, true. And look, there's one thing to run into a hot
1: team, but you have one of the most talented NHL rosters of the last decade. Yeah. Like if we were ranking this roster, this is a top 10 roster of every team that we've probably seen in the last decade. Yeah. You can't afford to be upset like you've been in these last six games. You just can't. You are playing with such an advantage that yes, teams run into hot goaltenders, but you should be able to overcome that. You have a pretty darn good goaltender yourself. Like yeah. I, I just, I, I'm hesitant to fall into the lazy narrative that oh, they're going to get swept out of the first round again. And I know we're joking when we say that, but I have some concerns about why this team with this much talent can't seem to get it done in the biggest moments in the last couple of years and. Yeah. Do they think that they can't get it done? Is this a team that if they lose game one, that just is never going to be
0: able to mentally get back up in a series? I don't know. I do wonder about the psychological impact of it as well when they when they get there. If they have any kind of adversity in the first round, how does it affect them? Or even do, they, if- do they start becoming what the Capitals were for so long? Where yeah, It's in your head just a little bit. You can't avoid that. You know you collapsed two years ago. You know you got swept last year. And if you're suddenly down again... Man, maybe you're thinking there's something wrong with us. Or <laughs> there's you're something not. wrong with us. We don't have it inside. What to, if you to w- find a way? What if you win the first two home games and lose your first two road games? Does that thought then
1: cross back in your mind again? Of oh no, we had a 2-0 lead and now we're blow. Like I don't know what they have to do short of winning. Like on the cup run, this hypothetical cup run, what do they have to do to be like okay, we finally got that behind us, at least mentally. Like can you do that without actually winning the cup? I think
3: they. I think this year they have to get through the first round. I think most of their mental issues are going to be in the first round. They before before Pittsburgh switched to Mike Sullivan they went on that stretch where they were the underachieving team and the the most annoying characteristic with them is when they faced adversity in a series and lost basically once they lost two games in a row in a series that was it they were never coming back they just they had no resiliency for i know they won the cup in 2009 but that stretch from whatever like 2012 to 2015 once they lost two in a row they were done and now two seasons in a row we've seen that with Tampa so, if they, it's not inconceivable that Boston wins this division. Boston's, it's not like they were a complete fluke last year. If Tampa plays Toronto in the first round, that's, that's going to be an all time, or it should be, at least on paper, an all time great first round series. All right. Go to Toronto? Why not? Not physically go to Toronto. Uh, I want to start with this one that Craig put in the notes. How long is Mike Babcock's leash? That, to me, is a pretty intriguing question with this team. I don't think you'd fire him midseason. I I think Toronto's going to the Cup
0: this year, so this may be a moot point. But if they don't... Well, how far did they have to go in the playoffs? What if they get knocked out in the first round again, which is so possible in this division? He's getting fired. The reasons we just 100%. They, if, if, if,
1: if they get knocked out in the first round, he's getting fired. I don't care what the scenario is.
0: Yeah, I agree. And- I guess
1: maybe if Tavares and Matthews are both hurt and he's walking into the finals with Alex Kerfoot as his number 1 center, maybe.
3: But no, At that point, Ottawa will give him Brady Kachuk to, to help him out or something.
1: But no, I mean, no, I, I think anything less than, I mean, I, obviously conference final, I think, his or beyond his job would be safe. But I think if he loses in the first round, he's gone. And I don't really think it's going to be that crazy of a decision we're gonna he's gonna be on the hot seat air quotes at some point this season but they're too talented to actually be there but if they don't win multiple playoff rounds I I would be I would be surprised if they don't make that move actually
3: yeah I think I'm with Jamie on this um also I think it's nice that you finally acknowledge John Tavares is in the league there in your little rant uh (sighs) Toronto hasn't won a playoff series there's been two lockouts since the last time they won a playoff series that's wild so (laughs) that really is yeah so for a – whatever you feel, if it's the fan base or the media or the team or whatever that that talks like a team that is winning multiple cups or they act like they're the Yankees,
0: they haven't even won a series. Since I, know. The I do. I longouts. do get amused by you when, you when you hear, well, I guess Austin Matthews doesn't want to win if he's thinking about leaving here. Yeah. When's the last time you won I, I, anything?
3: The the list of teams that have won a playoff series since the last time Toronto's won one, it's probably like everybody, honestly. <laughs> Ottawa has
1: like multiple playoff series wins <laughs> since the last one for Toronto.
3: That's I, now. I kind of want to know. That would take forever to figure out. But how many teams have at least won a playoff series since two thousand four? I'm guessing it, it's probably. Do the Thrashers gonna, have
1: one? No, they don't. They got oh, they they got <laughs> yeah. swept out. Right? They have no the existing wins or whatever. Teams not got it, it, No, but that'd be awesome. Right, if not mean, existing like, teams had one.
3: Who hasn't won a playoff series? Since I can't one. Think of one. Um, Columbus has now won one. It
0: was always them. It is tough to think about. It, it may be because Detroit was still be, good the, then. Yeah, the last team in the league. To have won a playoff, Florida, Buffalo,
1: Buffalo. No, Buffalo Florida. had uh, I think a decent team in that like mid. That's inconceivable to me. I know. Explain how this happened. Mm. Um, I feel like maybe. that was that's the post Luongo. Did
3: Florida win at least one series? Yeah, I think they did. I, I think I they did. Might have. Yeah, I don't know.
0: This, I mean, if it's a really up. good
3: piece of research,
0: I'll I mean, think we should look. just assign it to a listener. Yeah, yeah. It. Somebody looked this up for us. Please. Honestly, <laughs> I'm
3: going to look it up after <laughs> the show because I want to know now. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can start to eliminate a bunch of these teams right off. You don't have to look it up. So, yeah, if they if they don't make it to the second round again,
1: I don't know how you bring Babcock back. Especially because... Two teams have won multiple playoff series that didn't exist the last time <laughs> Toronto won a playoff series. In Winnipeg and Vegas.
3: Yeah, it took Vegas one <laughs> playoff series to win more playoff series than Toronto's
0: won since 2004. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, Florida. Florida hasn't? Florida hasn't? No, because okay. I... I, well, I mean, they've been in the... No, play- no, my bad. Conference quarterfinals. Uh, no, they lost in... Yeah, they lost in the first round. In first round lost losses. In the first round. Yeah, yeah, they have not won a playoff series. Since, since they went to the Cup, right? Yeah, since
3: 96. So Toronto's basically the Florida of hockey. Is that what you're saying?
0: Because that's basically yeah, well, in that's the what division. I'm hearing. Yeah. 96 for the Florida Panthers. So, Patrick's got to win a series. Stay tuned to the Natty Hattie because <laughs> Florida's going to win a playoff series this year with Joel Gwenville. So, I,
3: I, I wouldn't be shocked by that at all. Uh, Mitch Marner, is he going to sign anytime soon and how does this impact? Shrug emoji. Them? I
1: don't know. Although.
3: <laughs> they're starting to turn on him a little just bit. Just going <laughs> to run right through that and say the, shrug emoji, and think yeah. we're not going to make fun of you?
1: They're starting to turn on him a little <laughs> bit in Toronto. <laughs> I'm like, my fingers <laughs> being held Sometimes out. Like, I'm like, Because like, okay, kind of be. visuals people need to see right now. I know. Now. We, need to, we need to record this. Uh, they're starting to turn on him a little this. bit in Toronto. I'm, see, I'm seeing some negative Mitch Marner uh, articles and uh, TV segments. Those are probably like. Including one today out of Sportsnet. I are, think Chris Johnson uh, said something about uh, that he doesn't have the the negotiating leverage that he thinks he does. Well, Which that's not something you heard six months ago when they had true. to give him a 20-year, 20 20-million 20 AAV contract. Yeah. Now
0: you're not, now you're not here that anymore. Because so. now the preseason starts in five days. Mm-hmm. To, the three teams that we've talked about in this division that we're previewing today, all of their RFAs, I, I feel like all of the RFAs in this division are in a situation where their teams can have success without them and reduce their leverage. I still think Toronto's going to win without Mitch Marner. I still think Tampa Bay's going to win without Braden Point, And I think Boston's going to win. It's a little tougher when you're, have two you're missing two defensemen. But. but let's
3: go McAvoy, Marner, and Point. Which one is the most important relative to his team? <sighs> wow. It's probably, That's a good question. I know. That's a really
0: good question. The visual reaction of both of you guys. I think it's... I think it's McAvoy. I do too. Yeah, actually, it's because too. of the the position. Yeah, and because and, Boston's I mean, not Tampa, as good. Braden points a center, but Tampa has a another really. Good they have another center, pretty so. decent center. Yeah. yeah,
1: and here's the thing: I don't think like Toronto and and Tampa can get by offensively short term. Yeah, Boston's blue line without Carlo and McAvoy is not good. The power play too, right?
0: Yeah, with what he does for the power play,
1: like those young guys are what hold that. leg. because look, Char can still deserves to play, but Char is not what he was even. No. Two years ago, no, you know, Kevin Miller or whatever, like they have a guy they have guys that can get the job done when you have your young studs in the lineup. Missing those two guys is Connor hurt. Clifton. <laughs> so, uh, bo- the other two teams, uh, their scoring's not going to change dramatically if they were without them for a month of the season. Yeah, I think Boston, Tampa
3: could go without points. Boston,
1: for a while. like you're talking about wins above replacement, they could yeah. lose a couple wins with a month or two based on those guys being out. So I think... But they're also... I think defensemen are going to be a little bit easier to sign. Toronto's
0: um, got a lot of talent. They've improved their blue line. What what happens if they do get off to just a torrid start and Mitch Marner is sitting out? Wait, what do you do at that point if you're Marner's camp? You go to Zurich. Go to Zurich. <laughs> you sign
3: for probably less than you want because you are going to miss out on a Stanley Cup run if you don't.
1: Well, you're going to sign before December. You're not sitting out the whole year. But the question is... is where, what is the compromise if you don't get that long-term deal? Can you get Toronto to compromise on a one-year deal and just try this again next year? Do you want a three-year deal? Well, I am not signing a three-year deal where I still have an RFA year at the end if I'm Mitch Marner. Like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So where is the middle? Do you do a four at a higher AAV? But then what is what is your leverage at that point?
3: So like I just there's no way you could get Toronto to go for a year, especially if he if he misses a month of this season and he's just like okay, sign me for the next five months plus playoffs and then we'll do this again next year
1: because there's no no I, I doubt that's going to happen but like but what is that compromise that's, because because uh, if you're Mitchell I'm not signing an eight year deal at a number I don't like no so if if I have to take a number I don't like or not play this year I have to do it on a shorter term maybe that shorter term is just half at four
0: yeah that, that way you're not you know, I'm not you're taking not, eight Yeah and you're not You're not Coming available you're, You don't have a free agency Year in the same year As Austin Matthews Which is something that Toronto's trying to avoid too Having both those guys yeah. have, Having to deal with Both those contracts Yeah but I
1: mean Austin Matthews going to, to Phoenix yeah. So no, it doesn't just, really matter If you right. sign He's Is he going to win a cup
0: Before he comes to Arizona Do you think uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. He has a right? chance. I, I mean, he's going to he win wins here. a cup.
1: You understand why it
0: would
3: come here. Yeah. It doesn't win a cup. You, you also understand, understand why it come here. Come here. Actually, Craig, is if he wins <laughs> five cups, wasn't that multiple yeah. Yeah. cups? Two,
0: three, four, even five. Yeah, you could understand that <laughs> because five. he's accomplished everything he wants. Now, if this becomes a train wreck, and you know who could blame him for leaving at that point? <laughs> So you've basically laid out all scenarios leading to Arizona. Uh, I don't
3: ahead. I don't want Toronto to ever get good just because I want, I, I want I to I wanna love be good. that stuff. I love I don't listening want to, it to it like come. I oh my god,
0: you, you should be in therapy just right now. <laughs> you sound insane. What, what would you
1: guess is gonna be the, the result for Marno? Do you think he's gonna get the eight year deal or do you think that he's gonna have to settle for a shorter term and just take something to get in this year?
3: I think he's fine with a shorter term deal. I don't I don't think his camp minds as long as he's getting good money for those I would say four years. Well, it
1: depends on what, what good money is. Like, if he's getting the deal he wants, you can do eight years. I mean, that's the thing. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're offering him. Well, I, don't I assume think, it's going to be around whatever the $10 million or whatever they have LTIR space for. But yeah.
3: I don't think Toronto's going to give him eight years. They
1: have a hard cap. Like, I I, I don't know what... something. That's, that's part of the deal with the hockey contracts versus NFL or baseball, where there isn't that much wiggle room. You no. know how much space Toronto has in the, on the cap... You can only do so much funny money, like you can't do the stuff the NFL does, where they can basically ma- maneuver any contract they want to get under the cap, pretty yeah. much, with accelerating your bonuses and lowering cap hits, or what they did with Antonio Brown, where they give you an option that they're never going to use to lower your cap hit for one He's year. he sign
3: with the Canucks, didn't you see that? <laughs> yeah.
1: Or like MLB, where it doesn't really matter, because they, they, they have a soft cap with the luxury tax. So uh, I, I don't know, unless the money being offered to Mitch Marner is a lot lower than we anticipate it is, I don't know where their wiggle room comes here. Like you know what this is what they have. Yeah, you would
3: think the deal would have been done. He's not demanding a trade two months ago because it's not like a bunch of
1: money is going to show up. Um, Even if they wanted to pay you more, they can't. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I know you could do a few things with bon- performance bonuses and signing bonuses and how much you get up front versus how much your base salary is, but. I don't think... Toronto's not cash poor. I don't think that's, that's what's holding no. up the deal. So, I, I mean, I don't know what you're negotiating at this point unless the number is... Either he has an unrealistic number in his head... Yes. Or Toronto's offering less than we anticipate.
3: Big picture, though, from where we were at the end of last season, it is pretty remarkable Toronto's not going to lose anybody, isn't it? Yeah, it's ridiculous. In fact, and they, they got better. added pieces. They got better. Yeah. Yeah, they got Tyson Barry. Yeah, because Colorado got worse. <laughs> Did you see that thing I sent you off Instagram? It was I think. It, I mean? it broke all the it broke the league into like six tiers. And the very top one was like oh, Stanley yeah. Cup I, by the favorites. Way, and I, Colorado was one of by them.
1: By the way, I'm I'm done with that that format. If you've ever seen this where you have like the color coded left bar where, if like there's like six color, like red at the top, it's like major contenders or whatever. I'm sick of seeing that. Already. You're done with the format? I'm done with that. I don't wow. know. It's, it's called something. I'm done with it. I've seen it everywhere. It's overused.
3: It's like one of those things on the internet where they're like, so and so was popular in 1956, and they look older now, 60 years later. It's that <laughs> thing? Yes. <laughs> right.
0: You wouldn't believe what they look like now. People <laughs> are just,
1: look, I, I'm going to keep saying this about Colorado. I, it, I need people to look at the team and not the hype. Everyone has just decided that Colorado is a cup contender, and they actually haven't looked at the roster.
3: I don't care about Colorado, except now I want them to win. I really, I just want them to go on a run, just based on the the listener response, we're going to get to Jamie. This pains me. I love Nathan McKinnon. I, I know. You named one of your sons after him. Yes. I assume. My sons. I don't know. You have a lot of wives. I don't know how this works. Um, quickly to Boston. We talked about Charlie Boston. McAvoy. Patrice
0: Sorry. Bergeron. I mean, it still runs through him, right? Yeah. When does he slow down? When does this happen? Apparently, never. It's going to happen, right? He's 34 now, I think. He might be a cyborg because you know how they do the, <laughs> the biological... stuff he plays through. I... Yeah, he yeah, is. Another thing, his body is taking a beating. He he has a lot of mileage on his body when they do the biological age thing, and it's like,
3: oh, I'm 55. Look at all those rings. But I feel like, a... <laughs> but I feel like I'm 35. Patrice Bergeron is 34, and he must feel like he's 180.
0: Man, is he a good player? Oh, he's such is. a good player, but he, he just plays such a like, like if, gritty game. If though, we were too. taking,
1: if we were building a roster for one season, yeah. this season, how many players would you have to take before you got to Patrice Bergeron? Because I don't think it's that many.
3: We had him on our All Natty Hattie team, right? Yeah, Did we not okay. I, I, think, I think it was on the. Bench? It's a
1: single digit number of players. I think for one season, for one this year, season,
3: yeah, because I don't think I would take a starting a team ahead of him. I don't know that there's any defenseman I'd take ahead of him because he's a center. So, yeah, you're down to the short, like, McDavid, Crosby, McKinnon, Matthews, Tavares Bergeron. Somewhere in there. Bergeron, Tavares. Yeah, I mean,
0: they're in, they're in that—that's that's the range. Yeah. And I think— Kucherov, maybe. He's also on a really good contract. He's, yes, for three yeah, more 6.8 years. 6.8. That's Bergeron, 6.8. What do we think of Boston? Because there was— they're Really good team. I, I mean, they're, they're still a good team. They're contenders still, yeah. yes, but— Again, that division, can you can you run the gauntlet again? And and, and it didn't include Tampa last year, which no. I still think is an anomaly. I don't think that's going to repeat itself. So the team that does finish second or third is going to have to go through two of the probably the five best teams in the NHL
3: Yeah, just to get out of the division. Maybe the two. best. I mean, if you're Boston, you have to go through Tampa and Toronto. You may be going through the two best teams in the NHL.
1: I think those are the three best teams in hockey.
3: Oh, really? You think all three are in this division? Mm-hmm. Trying to think who would be... There's nobody from the Metro.
1: Maybe Vegas. Maybe um, that blue line scares. I like Vegas though, but that
0: blue I like line Vegas, scares.
1: But me. Yeah, blue line's not good. Yeah. They've overcome not having a good blue line so far in their entire existence.
0: But these, being the three best I think teams these are I
1: three could. best teams. Calgary, maybe. I like Calgary, but they're not in the class
0: of this. Mm, all these what about three. that goaltending, uh, we'll see about that goaltending. They're not in the class of these three in the playoffs. Mm, I guess maybe
3: depending on your point of view. Milan Lucic. Um, yeah, now that they've added that fear factor, they're basically unstoppable. Wow. <laughs> oh.
1: And Boston just finds depth guys. Like, no team, I think, has just found guys they plug into their third and fourth. Uh, Pittsburgh and their cup runs a little bit, but Boston just finds these guys that they throw in their third and fourth line that just come out and perform for one or two years and they move on.
3: Do you remember when... It's great. When Don Sweeney first took over and everybody thought he was insane with some of the moves he was making. Like, when he first took over as the GM. And
1: but could you been Im- pretty good. Could you imagine if he nailed all three of those picks?
3: Well, oh, should we go back to the twenties? Like, give, give, give them DeBrusque. Yeah, but could you try. imagine
1: if they just went the two guys afterward? It yeah. was Barzal and who we started talking about the show? Yeah, this actually. would
3: be. Uh, it would be. I'm looking it up right now. Hmm. Where they? Well, it Barzal very, and
1: Shabbat?
0: They were right in the middle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, Barzal and Connor. Connor.
0: Imagine. Imagine
1: adding Barzal and Connor. Yeah. So Barzal, Connor, DeBrusque, second line, and Krejci's your third line center with Charlie Coyle, and i mean, probably, probably wouldn't trade for Charlie Coyle in that scenario, but. You just imagine. He
3: Craig another guy who doesn't. He's not Patrice Bergeron, but he, he just hangs around and contributes when healthy. Yeah, yeah. When, when healthy. healthy. Um, they they to me are like the definition of a well built hockey team, like a legitimate like on the ice hockey team, not a fantasy hockey team like Craig plays, but like real <laughs> hockey. You know. Um, but no, I mean you can look at maybe not Tampa because they have a blue line. You can look at Toronto. Honestly, you can look at Toronto and say this team prior to this season, at least, was sort of built like a fantasy hockey team. There's a bunch of guys that can score, but how do they fit together? Yeah. Boston doesn't have the talent that Toronto has. They've got talent, but they put it all together better. And you're right. They consistently find those depth guys. Charlie Coyle was amazing
0: for them in the playoffs. Yeah, he was. But he look, was. And look, I, I wonder if that's a sign of what's to come, Not now that he got out of Minnesota. He
1: well, he's playing nine with better goals players. in the
0: playoffs. He had nine goals, 16 points in the playoffs for them. He was a major contributor. And if... if Charlie Coyle can be that kind of guy for Boston. Yeah. It's quite an addition.
1: Look, they, they have the best first line in the Eastern Conference and maybe the best first line in hockey. It's them in Colorado. But I know um, it hurts you to say that. It does not Colorado. I've been very clear about how I feel about Colorado. <laughs> uh, but, but that blue line, that, that, I mean, that, that's where they make their money. They have great goaltending and that blue, the depth on the blue line. Because there, there are teams that have good blue lines and they stop after the third or fourth guy. Yeah. When they have everybody in the lineup where they are positioned. Is there, is there a better second-pairing, line, second pairing, second-pairing, third-pairing, third-pairing third pairing matchup team than Boston? I don't think so. Mm. Like, they, they go There's 60. There's teams
3: that might be even. There's maybe, like, two teams that might be even with them, but you're right, not better. And then that goalie tandem of Rask and Halak. I mean, yeah. it's not that long ago Halak was winning playoff series by Isn't himself. is that the
0: best tandem in the East? Is there a better one?
3: Yeah. That's the best, I would say. I think so. I mean, if you... It's the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago. There's, there are teams with a better goalie than Tukor as the one, and then they have a second guy that's adequate, but... I thought Tukor's thing's still underrated a little he bit. He is, especially in Boston. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the combination of those two is, is pretty um, overwhelming. All right, I apologize for what we're about to do to everybody now, but we have to talk about the Buffalo Sabres and some of the other um, lesser teams in this division. The relegation division. Okay. So, for Buffalo, I think we just go out to our Buffalo Sabres correspondent on the other side of the studio, Jamie Eisner. How do you feel about this fine team? Uh, Not great. Thanks, Jamie. (laughs) We'll come back to you you. in the (laughs) middle of the season. Uh, Why aren't they ever getting better with all the number two and number one picks they've had? And it feels like a top five pick every
0: year. And they're still just kind of trash. They really are Edmonton East, aren't they? Too in terms of lottery luck, but they don't take the heat that Edmonton does. I don't. I don't get that. I don't get that. Why? I- it's not like Edmonton's a huge city. It's in Canada, fine. And they they, they did have Gretzky at one point, but <laughs> but why doesn't Buffalo get more crap for it, just being so bad at this?
3: Because they're constantly picking second while that, Edmonton's that's constantly true. picking first.
1: Yeah, if the roles were reversed, it would be talked about a lot more. Because missing on your second round pick when the team in front of you always misses, and misses on their number one overall pick.
3: Yeah. It's,
1: but, but they haven't I, developed young talent very that, well. That's what it is. That, that's the issue. They haven't developed these guys. Whether it's poor drafting and poor development, they just haven't developed these. Most of them. I mean, Sam Reinhardt's getting there. Jack Eichel, I mean... I'd take Jack Eichel. He's, he's a really good player. He's, he's not the guy that they took number one. He's, he's not. He's not
3: Connor McDavid. He's, he's not never the going second going to best be, player in that draft right now. Either. No,
1: but, he's, but nobody was taking anybody but Jack Eichel second. No, So, I mean, that would be his history, but... Yeah, and he had 82
0: points last year. It's not like he didn't do anything, so... Yeah,
1: I mean, Ristolainen is f- fine. I thought he would be better,
0: like, I, like feel he's, like that's fine. I feel like that's our greatest insult, yeah. He's fine. like he's not
1: a bad player by any means. I just thought he would be a legitimate like bona fide top pairing guy and just hasn't been that. Maybe Dolly will be that's too soon to tell, yeah, but they just haven't developed a lot of their young guys, like gargensson's is on the barely on the team now. Grigorenko is not even in the country, and
3: uh, <sighs> one of the weeks one of the many weeks that Craig took vacation this summer, Jamie oh, and I, okay. we went through Buffalo's first pick. in in each, like, the last five or six or seven drafts, and we don't need to do it again. But basically what it was, a lot of those guys were either decent picks, are decent players now, or were the player that any team would have taken in that spot. So I really think it is they either don't know how to put pieces around them to fill, like, the opposite of Boston. They can't find depth guys, or they don't know how to develop these guys. They got a monster year from Jeff Skinner last year and Mm. did nothing with
1: it. Yeah, I mean, I I love the Skinner trade. I like the Marcus Johansson signing this year, the Skinner trade was last
0: year, but... I just don't think they have enough pieces around them. Yeah, like, I do question their, especially their forward depth. I feel like this blue line could end up being pretty good, but I don't like their forward depth at all. Uh, they
1: need more from Casey Millstat this year. I know they were expecting more last year in his rookie season. Yeah. They got almost nothing. Uh, the Ocposo signing looks like a disaster. I mean, that was a disaster of a season that you're not paying him $6 million for, what, four more years? Four more years. Not great. They don't, I mean, they're, they, when their bottom two lines are on the ice, they're going to get their doors blown off. Like, it just—it's not—I uh, I, I don't know. They just, they just don't have—even that top line is is good, but not exceptional. Like, they just can't—there's nowhere they're going to have a major advantage or even a significant advantage on most teams that they play at any position.
3: Boy, I pride myself on knowing where pretty much every player in the NHL is. I don't even think I realized Jimmy Vesey was on Buffalo,
1: yeah, to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't
3: matter. I, I understand it doesn't matter, <laughs> but that's not the point. Uh, they have four players. Uh, four forwards, I should say, signed past this year. So, And those players are Marcus Johansson, Kyle Laposo, Jeff Skinner, and Jack Eichel. So they can make Mix some wholesome, wholesale changes beyond those four if they when want they to. When they move to Houston? <laughs> the Houston Sabres. Uh, anything else on Buffalo, or can we go to uh, apparent Stanley Cup contender Montreal?
0: Oh, oh let's go to the Canadians. Um, are we
3: too low on the Canadians? No. I didn't realize people thought of them as Cup contenders until this week. They, they have-
1: overachieved so
0: much last year, and people are not factoring in any regression. Nonlinear linear progressions? Is that
3: where we're going with, Speaking with Montreal? of
0: regression, who's your top candidate on the Canadians for regression? I know who well, mine is. Well, I would assume since you're asking, it's it's Max, Max Domi.
3: Domi. Yes, it is. Um Yeah. I i mean, I i think Max is a good player. I do, too. Uh He did have a monster year last year, though.
1: It's not Again, we're not saying Max Domi's a bad player. We're just saying he's not the player that he... The numbers he put up last year. Yeah.
3: And they didn't make the playoffs even with those numbers. Yeah, 28
1: so, goals, 72 points. I, I could see him flirting with 28 goals again, but... I don't think he's a 70-point guy. I
3: think he's made the conscious decision to shoot more, which, you know, that... Would have been nice to see in Arizona. <laughs> All right, I don't want to derail us too much here, but Max Domi versus Clayton Keller, who's the more productive player for the next three years, let's say.
0: It's a really good comparison, actually, mm. because it speaks very to... Very similar. ...their commitment, right? Yeah. Uh, and again, not their guy, so you get some of that, and it didn't mesh with talk for whatever reason. It, and there were other factors, of course. Family factors, let's call it that. Um,
3: yeah, I'm not saying the Coyotes should have kept Domi. I mean, they ended up, I guess, now getting Kessel out of that trade. But I'm just—it's interesting how a—and this is any fan base— will look at a player when he's on their team, and then once he's traded away— I mean, I think 99% of Coyotes fans would say, oh, Keller's definitely better than Domi. Domi's been more productive. So, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. it's earlier in Keller's career. I think yes. they're actually pretty even. So yeah, I think it's closer than people think. Um, anything else on
1: Montreal before we move
3: on to? Well, wow, that's it. Team?
0: Just Max Domi. Luke's really no, no, anxious I mean, to get out of here.
1: Look, I I wouldn't say they're they're not a cup contender, but they are still in contention for a wild card spot. I don't think this team's going to be bad by any means. They have some depth up front. They don't have elite talent up front anywhere, but they have some depth.
0: I think Brendan Gallagher is underappreciated. Um, I, think, I like Philip Deneau. I wish he were still on the Blackhawks. I was but ask He's about probably a, a number 2 center. I don't think he should be a number 1 center. But, they're, yeah, I mean, they're— And Kocaniem, could take a step forward. Yeah, I mean, and that would be big for them, I think, at the, at the center position. Yeah. That would be huge for them if that happened. But, uh, yeah, again, you look at this roster and nothing really wows you other than, you know, Carey Price's past. They're just a—they're a,
1: they're a solid team. They're a very solid team, but they don't do anything exceptional. And I think that's what's going to keep them out or sneak them into a last wild-card spot type of deal. The thing with
3: with them that you have to remember is maybe they overachieved last season. If that's the case, then they're in trouble. But they finished with more points than three Western Conference playoff teams, Dallas, Colorado, and Vegas. So it's not like Montreal had... Really good seasons from Max Domi and a couple other guys and wasted them. They played, I mean, 96 points. That yeah. should get you in the playoffs. And, and I
1: think they're a 90-ish point team. I just don't think they're an upper 90s point team. Do you think they're better than Colorado? Because they were last year. Yes, I do, actually. Ooh. That I, I, think they, I think they will... Uh, I mean, they'll finish with a very similar amount of points, if not like one or two more. Yeah. I
3: think
0: they're both in that low 90s. Uh, Detroit. Remember Detroit being in the league? No. <laughs> are they rebuilding? What, what's the I, status I of... I, knows knows I mean, I know they're are they rebuilding the city, thanks to Little Caesars <laughs> Arena, but not so sure about the hockey team. I don't totally... I mean, if you watched hockey closely, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten years
3: ago, Detroit was the team. You, when your team played Detroit, you feared how that game was going to go. Mm-hmm. And as somebody that's a Penguins fan that watched them lose to Detroit in one Stanley Cup in the BM the next year, and somebody that covers the Coyotes and watched them have to run into Detroit in the first round a couple years when those are probably the best Coyotes teams we've seen... It's so weird to see them, A, now in the East, and B, just like a shell of what they used to be. It's very strange. Is there anybody on Detroit that you even get remotely excited
0: about? Dylan Larkin, yeah, Dylan Larkin. They've got a couple of good play. Anthony Mantha showed I some promise. Let that... I can't quit Anthony. I like Anthony. Ant, you can't. Like, I'm I'm waiting for Anthony Mantha to be a 40 goal. So I just can't and do and it. Tyler Matuzy, Andreas Greek last name that I never Athens pronounce. It. Yeah, that's my favorite it. name. to Double say. Double A, Thank you. Andreas
3: Athanasie. But
0: again, not not enough there. Um, you look at the contracts of guys like Abdulkader, Nielsen, Darren Helm. They're they're making good money. They're going to be on the books for a little while still, and arguably the worst blue line in hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a not a promising
3: blue line. Only one more year of Jimmy Howard, unless they give him like five more years after that.
1: But Man, remember when Peter Mrazek was going to be the goaltender of the future to lead him back to prominence? No, remember that? No, not at all.
3: Uh, finally, finally, and if we save the best for last, oh, um, Ottawa. I know. Last year, the famous quote is, "Hey, we're a team." Are they even a team anymore?
0: Well they have a player they will be soon they'll be We're all in players. again for a 5 year run of unparalleled success yeah the team will spend close to the cap from 2021 to 25 lol oh, yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah did you look at the projected opening night lineup i tried and then i decided to do something else more productive oh with my life oh god <laughs> are you kidding me with <laughs> they this lineup are just an it's very bad disaster they are arabadisimov is your number 1 center I think my levels just spiked, didn't they? It's Probably. fine. It ruins the okay. show. No, but it's you, worth it for that. It was worth that. it in that case. It's worth it for that. I, that's like reverse cowbell. It's a
1: <laughs> I'm gonna real. I'm gonna have a real hard time picking between Detroit and Ottawa for worst blue line. Ye, I, because Ottawa well, that has, would has imply Thomas. Ottawa, Ottawa has a blue line, but like I don't even think it matters.
3: Well, they got Nikita Zaitsev, which is apparently their their. <laughs> Sure. focus of the
0: offseason was to get him they
1: replaced Cody Ceci with another guy that's overpaid and can't defend
0: yeah super and they have an excellent shot at the number one overall pick which by all counts, well, at seems least to be, be Alexis Lafreniere yeah, who's,
1: who's a wing well at least it won't be given to Colorado it's yeah, right. really
0: good wing but at least they uh, haven't traded it away this year
3: yeah true um, alright so we all agree Ottawa's is winning the cup in 2045 were you we willing to make that prediction no this team was a goal away from going to the Stanley Cup three seasons ago
1: and how many players are still on that team from then None of the good ones
3: Yeah, that's true The wrong ones are still there
1: I'm excited to see uh, The uh, the old Pacific Division group Of Anthony Duclair, Bobby Ryan And Mikael Bodker Tear it up this season All right, On the wings in
3: Ottawa Let's end this Let's talk about Florida, shall we? All right, now to talk about one of the more compelling teams in the Atlantic Division and really the uh the NHL this season, the Florida Panthers, George Richards of the Athletic joining us now. George, thanks for the time. Uh and I guess let's start with Joel Quenville. How much difference can a coach make with this team?
2: Um, yeah, I think he can make quite the difference. I think just because um when you look at at the Panthers, um, you know, there's a little bit of you know, I'm not that, you know, Bob Buechner was here for two years and, and things clicked at times but didn't click at other times. And I, I think that, you know, Joel Quinville just walks in here and, you know, can throw the rings on the table kind of thing and, and, and demands instant respect. And, and I think that guys are going to buy in a lot easier, um, knowing that the success that he has had in the past, um, And and his way works, right? I mean, he won three championships in Chicago. He was an assistant in Colorado when they won the Cup in 96. So I think that, you know, when when you're able to just seeing them at locker clean-out day back in April when when it was official that, that Joel Quinville was going to be the coach, just hearing the guys talk about you know what it was going to mean i mean it it was pretty impressive and i think that's going to be a real difference maker for this team
0: george when you look at this roster and and there there are several talented players on it was there an internal feeling that this team underachieved
2: no absolutely i think they've probably underachieved the last three years i mean even two years ago when they they missed the playoffs by a point had they not dug themselves into such a huge hole at the beginning of the year, maybe they would have, you know, been a playoff team instead of missing it by a point. So I think that they feel like the ownership, the management, and everything when you look at the the roster that's on this team. I mean, I, I, I cover this team, and even when I was in Columbus, people would come up to me and go, "Why? What? what is What is up with this team? And you're like, I, I don't know. I mean, it, they've got all the talent in the world. Look at them on paper. It's a very talented team, um, but something was missing. And the Panthers, one of the first things they did was they were like, you know what, we need to spend the money. We need to get the guy behind the bench. That guy was with Joel Quinville. Uh, lucky for them that he was available and was willing to come here, and, um, you know, definitely an underachieved. And, and, you know, when you look at the Panthers, you see that young core guys. There's, there's only, a, you know, they feel like the, the window is starting to close on this bunch. They need to win now. The last couple of years have been kind of wasting years, and now it's time for them to, to really make a jump forward.
1: Yeah, along those same lines, how much pressure is there to win in the next three years when you have Barkov and Huberto on those very team-friendly deals?
2: I I think it's it's a tremendous amount of pressure. Um it's it's you know maybe a welcome pressure because I I think when you a lot of people don't think of the Florida Panthers as a contender. They've only been to the playoffs, you know, two times since the 2000s. You know, they they you know they they miss the playoffs much more than they make it. So, uh for them to be kind of you know in the spotlight a little bit Um, not only nationally, but maybe more importantly, locally um, is going to be real important for this team because, you know, right now you look at the South Florida sports landscape, there's not a whole lot of positives between the Dolphins, Marlins, Hurricanes, even the Miami Heat. Um, You know, so the the Panthers have a real opportunity here uh, to get going early, you know, get some wins and and maybe uh, draw some attention to themselves. And I think it would be welcomed for them.
3: Uh Sergei Bobrovsky it, he was linked to the Panthers a lot last season you get him for 7 years 70 million dollars so that's quite the commitment. He's been one of the best goalies in the league now for the last uh, better part of a decade. But what does he mean to them and and how how concerned would you be about that much money tied up in that goalie spot?
2: Well, obviously they did pay a lot of money for him, correct? I mean, just, you know, there was talk last, you know, even when, you know, 2 years ago that that you know when Bob's contract expired, he wanted you know, Carey Price money. He wanted to to, uh, to exceed what Kerry Price got in Montreal. And I think that you look at Montreal when Carey Price isn't there. Um, that's a lot of money tied up into it. You know, the, the, the Canadians just aren't, aren't any good when, when Carey Price is out. Right. And they've got what, 11 million dollars wrapped up. And so there is a concern there. Um, you know, he's just, you know, he's paid just under what carry price is getting, but still $10 million a year in your starting goalie. Um, is a lot of money, especially then you look at the seven year term. Um, but what the Panthers are getting is one of the best goalies in the league. I mean, he's three years removed from, from one of the great seasons of all time in net uh, when he led Columbus to the, to the playoffs and won his second Vezina, um, One of the big weaknesses for the Panthers last year, they finished 12 points out of the playoffs, and and they feel if they even had average goaltending, they would have been a playoff team last year. So now you bring in a guy like Bobrovsky who gives you, you know, over-the-top goaltending, Vezina-type goaltending. Um, They feel like that's going to be a huge difference maker and uh, just kind of plays in. The Panthers have usually had pretty good goaltending over the years, you know, dating back to day one with John Van Beesbrook through you know thomas vocoon and luongo obviously um so the panthers feel like this is you know going to lead to success being able to build from the goalie on out and uh Bobrovsky is uh, as good as they get so the, the panthers are excited about it
0: george they got two of the big fish this offseason we've talked about both of them in bob and joel Quenville. they didn't get artemi panarin how much did that sting how much of a difference would that have made
2: I think it would have been huge, just for more of the off the ice kind of things, right? I mean, because you, you know, in South Florida, the market not only do you need to win, but you need stars, and Artemi Panarin is definitely a star, and he's a, he's a recognizable guy. Kind of a, you know, this 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 town hasn't been buzzing about the Panthers since you know the Pavel Bure days, and you would bring in a, a Pavel Bure type guy in bread, but um, you know, that would have been a lot of money, right? I mean. You're talking about $23 million wrapped up, $22, $23 million wrapped up into two players, and uh, the Panthers are definitely a small market team. Um, they're at the cap ceiling as it is. So I think that Dale Talon, had they been able to swing a deal for both of them, would have had to make some deals leading into it just to, to, to get under the cap. Um, they wouldn't have been able to improve some other things, but it, it would have been great to see you know, a playmaker like Panera and a dynamic um, forward like him to be here, um, but when you look at the way uh, Bobrovsky's contract is, is set up and the way that Panarin's contract is set up, uh, mostly you know, a, almost a, you know, especially Panarin's is, is all signing bonus that's cash in his pocket. It yeah, I, I don't know if they could have swung it.
1: And they may not have been able to swing it for Panarin, but they do, They do still have stars on their teams, and one of them is Sasha mm-hmm. Barkov. He doesn't get the attention nationally he deserves. How much better is he when you get to see him on a daily basis?
2: He is um, he is he is a legitimate top center in the league. I mean, and, and you're starting to hear more about him, right? I think he's starting to, to gain that traction uh, nationally. I think he's he's in the sulky talk. Um, you know, getting getting a lot of votes for that. So he his his star is is actually you know rising. I think Florida has known what they've had in, in Sasha Barkov the last couple of years, but but people around the league, but players especially know who he is. Whenever you you talk to opposing players, he's the guy that you know they they circle. That's a guy you got to watch. And uh, he's become a workhorse guy. Uh, early in his career, he had some injury stuff, that, you know, just little stuff. But, um, you know, he's been able to play a lot of games, and, and he puts up points. And, and he's a guy you build around. I mean, you look at the Florida Panthers roster, there's a lot of young, young guys they call the core, you know. But Barkov is the guy. He's the the, he's the son that everything rotates around. And, you know, as as far as, you know, the Panthers go, they're going to have to be led by Barkov. 96 points last year, set a franchise record. Um, he's only, you know, he's still young, very young, three years left on his contract. He's going to get a huge payday in about three years. Um, and it's, you know, it, it, it is fun to watch him every day because he just comes to work and does does everything you could ask of a player. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's as underrated as, as we have said in the past because, you know, People recognize what, what what the Panthers have in Sasha Barkov.
0: George, last thing for you, uh, you know, you, you can look at a, a few of the other moves that they made in the offseason, uh, bringing in a Brett mm-hmm. Con- Connolly. Um, we're wondering what Owen Tippett's role is going to be on this team and how they feel about their forward depth. But overall, what's your thought? What's your thought on this team heading into the season?
2: Well, I, I think that they're definitely a playoff contender. I think that they can... Um, I, Tampa Bay is, is by far the, the best team in the Atlantic. I mean, we saw that last year, The the lightning just ran away with the division and, um, you know, they made some moves this off season to improve themselves. Um, I, I think Tampa Bay is, is the class of the Atlantic and of the Eastern conference, but then you've got Toronto, you've got Boston, you've got Florida and, and Montreal. Really? Um, the Atlantic's a pretty tough division. So it's going to be interesting to see how this works. But I think the Panthers can play with anyone. I think that they're, you know, with this, with this new energized bunch and, and you've got the coaching behind it, they're going to fix up some defensive mis- issues that they had last year. Um, and with Bobrovsky in that, I think this team could really challenge for one of the top three playoff positions in the Atlantic
3: read his stuff on The Athletic Florida should be one of the more entertaining teams this season George Richards at George Richards on Twitter George thanks for the time enjoy the season alright alright thanks all thanks right. George uh, a couple of things real quick before we wrap up how many times did you want to reach for that bell when he was talking about Joel well, Quinto it's
0: painful it's yeah. painful to think about and Dale Talon and hey we can keep going yeah and thank it, you yeah. thank you for bringing it up though I appreciate it eventually that. Dylan when he gets good I'm sure he'll be on his way to Florida too okay so. um
3: Sasha Barkov Sorry. did the... Uh, Reaching for my brown paper bag now. <laughs> <laughs> surprised you haven't had it closer to you all show. They're all calling it. Barkov did the, uh, the... Ether. We can't we can't give you one of the other awards, but you had such a good season, we're going to give you something, so here's yeah. the Lady Bing. They did that. <laughs> so I can tell you, uh, Shane Doan on a number of occasions has said Barkov is like the guy in this league to watch. Uh, and it sort of goes along with what George was just
0: saying right there. The players that play against him or with him know... The impact he has. Imagine if Artemi Panarin had ended up on this team and was playing with Barkov. I mean, who are your cup contender? Yeah, and just talk about price of admission to, yeah. to watch those two guys play together would have been like Hubert wa- Yeah, Tip. <laughs> Watching-
3: Owen oh, Tippett's supposed to be a goal scorer. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: yeah. Whoever you put on that line with him, but I, I think about the uh, the magic that Panarin and Patrick Kane had together when they were part of a team. Oh, there's the bell. But it, it's that kind of chemistry that you imagine, the the playmaking, just the high-end skill. That team's going to be so much fun to watch.
3: Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, we'll do listener questions next week. We'll roll them all over. And we're doing the Central next week? Does Correct. that sound right? Okay. For Jamie Eisner and Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Trick Podcast. Yeah, Buffalo still sucks.